What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hi, and welcome one and all to a brand new show sort of here on the SB Nation NFL show. A reminder before we keep going that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. My name is RJ Ochoa, and we're calling this TGI Football. <laughs> it is Friday. Um, if that isn't obvious, that is the um, the iconic grunt of not Seth Rogen, but Brandon Lee Gotten from SB Nation's Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, the iconic Steven Serta from SB Nation's Arrowhead of Pride is here as well. Gentlemen, happy Friday. Steven, I go to you first because you look radiant today. Thank you. Uh, very excited. Had preseason games. I am in the green so far in football season. I've won money back-to-back weeks on preseason football, so I am flying right now. I am also in the green, both figuratively and literally, because I'm wearing a green shirt right now. <laughs> but um, I'm also placing a bet here on DraftKings uh, Sportsbook where I'm putting $5 on the Ravens to beat the Eagles on Saturday night because the Ravens have this crazy preseason winning streak that they seem to actually like care about a lot. They're 23-0 in their last 23 preseason games. So uh, I'm going to bet on the Ravens to continue to try to keep this thing going, and maybe I can win a couple bucks. Um, do you see what BLG has done, Stephen? He's like set this Ravens thing up to be a big deal so that if the Eagles win, <laughs> he can be like, oh, man, like what an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, but exactly. if the Eagles lose, it's like, oh, well, you know, they ha- they exactly. they care a lot about this. Like, So it's really not a, a big deal that the Eagles lost. Um, I will say, I don't think in the green is the proper expression. It's in the black. In like the black. If, if you're yeah, making well, money, whatever. I don't it, know anything. It just about... shows you've never worked in retail. That's really <laughs> it shows all, Stephen has yeah. made so much money that he doesn't even care what the proper terminology is. Yeah. Well, actually, um, so this I didn't realize this was for no money, but um, on the subject of DraftKings, I texted Stephen on Thursday night before the preseason game started. Uh, did you join the the DraftKings contest, Stephen? I did. I didn't look okay, at that so, one because it was a free contest, but I, I don't know where I, I didn't realize. Up. I didn't realize it was free. So shout out to DraftKings for doing free contests. But I actually thought it was going to be like a free contest that had like a payout. You know what I mean? Like, you know, to the top three places or whatever. There were 67 people who participated in this contest. Can you look and see what you placed? Because I'm curious. Mm. I was 14 for what it's worth. 14 out of 67. (laughs) Is that impressive to you, Brandon? No. I think that's pretty impressive. My, I mean, it's hard. You have to play a whole different game when you're... It's impressive to me. I was 16th out of 67. So, beat ya, sucker. Not, not uh, great, I, not great. But I did win money in the in the ones that actually cost money to play in. So, I'm fine. I'm good right uh, now. Um, I did have Tank Dell going last night. Did anybody else? Mm. Did you? I guess that would just be you, Stephen. Yeah, I think I had Tank Dell in that lineup. That's probably why I found a way to 16th because nobody he else was, did good. He was kind of the story of the night for the Houston Texans. 
finished with five catches, 65 yards, and a Jermaine Curse Super Bowl 49-style touchdown. Um, that was very cool. Did anybody enjoy the Tank Dell touchdown? I guess not, Brandon. Did it impress you either? I did. I was impressed by it. I, I like Tank Dell. I, I liked him in the draft. I thought he should have went a little bit higher than he did. I know he's only five foot eight. He's small, but like guy can clearly play a little bit. There's some juice there. Uh, you'd mentioned he had the five of eight targets for 65 yards on six, 17 total routes run. So a pretty efficient night for uh, a player making their first NFL start, albeit in the preseason. Um, he looked pretty good. So, uh, yeah, excited for him. I Steven, don't want to. I don't want to jump you... on Tank Dell here. That that catch was was great. He was amazing last night. But uh, we're talking about a 165 pound NFL wide receiver here. So I'm not super confident that Tank Dell is all of a sudden going to be a superstar after one preseason game. Um, CJ Stroud threw a pick. Um, Jalen Mills. Uh, did you guys see he caught some heat for celebrating? Um, this was a thing. Like Jalen Mills had like a stop. Uh, behind the line of scrimmage and he was flexing like it was like the super bowl uh, i mean and, that's and- just jalen mills like jalen mills would do like his little finger wag celebration like i broke up that pass or didn't allow that pass when like he would have like totally gotten burned in coverage and the ball was just like way overthrown or something so it doesn't matter it doesn't actually matter if jalen mills doesn't even, even does anything good he's gonna celebrate no matter what some people are saying that Jalen Mills walked so that Chauncey Garner Johnson could run in Philadelphia. <laughs> hey, we're uh, Jalen Mills is just excited for football the same way that we. That's are. right. I don't have a um, celebrate all you want in the preseason. Right. I I don't think we need to like offer it. Well, I guess we have to like. So we haven't done. I don't even remember. Did we do this show in the playoffs last year? We did, right? Like we we, we did, did a, a different a Super degree. Bowl preview. Right. Um. Obviously, it's a similar version to the Friday show we did last year. This is what we'll be doing every Friday this year, although we'll be discussing and previewing the upcoming NFL games. Like, I don't know. I don't think we're going to do that. Like, are, are you anxious to, like, preview all of the preseason games? Even Did you even watch all of the Seahawks-Vikings game? No, I did watch a good portion of it, but I was, I was working on other stuff anyways last night. So I just kind of had it on in the background. And there's some young players, uh, especially on the Vikings, that I was kind of interested to see, like running back Dwayne McBride, who's a seventh-round pick, who I think's got some talent. He did not have a very good preseason debut. But but they, they've got some players that I was interested in. Jordan Addison was a guy that I was kind of watching to see how he did. And, you know, it's it, especially preseason week one, it, unless you're like sickos like we are, like it, it, you got to do a lot of work to know most of the players on the field. I did see Kirk Cousins wearing a helmet despite not wearing any pads. What's <laughs> what's the point of that? Maybe what's, his, what's his speaker to hear the play. Maybe it's just more I mean, a, a more comfortable it's a headset. Than the, yeah. No, but I mean, may, like maybe somebody else needed the headset. The like, oh, I can just he- I can just run my helmet. Is more comfortable than the headset is what you're telling me. That's possible. I mean, it's okay. more comfortable from like a psychological standpoint. Like he's just more used to it. I mean, okay. I look. We don't need to look for the most shallow reasons to hate Kirk Cousins. He um. Yeah, I hate him. Race. I just thought it was a. I'm I'm curious about the decision. It's an interesting decision. Um, yeah, the game had some Pac-12 after dark vibes, which is cool because those are dead um, and don't exist anymore or won't exist anymore. I guess in the future. Um, so it was kind of nice and settling to have um, a game on that late. Um, we have how many games on tonight? There's three, tonight, four, Friday. 
This should have been the part where one of you had that answer ready. So, I mean, just <laughs> I, you know. I, yeah, I didn't have it ready. I didn't know where. We're clearly off there, to a slow start. In the I, can, I can I can figure it out pretty quick if you need me to. Um, well, there's I mean, there's way more than three games. There's one, two, three, four, six games. Six games. Who, who are they, Stephen? And what are the lines? More importantly, <laughs> uh, Packers at Bengals. Packers minus four. Giants at Lions, Giants minus three. Falcons at Dolphins, Falcons minus two and a half. Steelers at Buccaneers, Steelers minus three. Commanders at Browns, Browns minus three. Broncos at Cardinals, Broncos minus five and a half. Mm. Okay, so Brandon, what are you most ex- what are you most interested to see, glean, or learn from Friday's games? I think there's uh, I think one genre. I mean, Bijan Robinson's probably a big one, right? I mean, I don't know how much exactly he's going to play. Uh, considering he's going to be a big part of the Falcons' offense this year, but I feel like they're going to want to get him somewhere, show him off a little bit. And uh, I mean, he's probably the biggest like rookie that really that we're watching. That's always exciting too. I mean, typically, you know, I don't know how other teams handle all of their situations in terms of resting starters in the preseason or not. It's obviously become increasingly more common over the years. Um, but I guess it has to be Bijan, really. I think that's wrong. Um, I, I think the answer is Kyle Trask. Is that wow. not fair? I'm like, really excited to see we... Kyle Trask. I'm interested. That was the the word I actually offered. But didn't you see the report that Baker Mayfield's going to be the starter for the Bucks week one? I'm interested because if that's your floor, like if that's your safety net, like I want to understand like how low the Bucks can fall. You know what I'm saying? Like we, if Baker is the ceiling, what is the floor? Um, I'm not saying I think it's high. I just want to understand what that measurement is. Like, I feel like the Bucks are about to return to NFL insignificance. Right? Like, they had their moment in the sun for the last whatever it was, you know, three years, and now like the Bucks are back to like, oh, they like Doug Martin had a hundred million yards one time. Like, that's the only thing that ever happened to the Bucks before Tom Brady joined. You know what I mean? The so, Bucks. That's who they are. The Bucks are on their like Broncos arc post super you know what i mean it's like but the, Bron- the, the broncos, broncos are like a, a tiffany brand you know what i mean yeah, like they the were Bucks pretty don't... irrelevant for a while until they had peyton it felt like and then they had the tebow year right before what are you talking about oh, <laughs> and they had um uh jay cutler's rookie year and i mean like and okay. even then Pey- peyton manning was like 14 years after they won a su- the super bowl so i mean yeah that's harsh yeah, I don't care about Kyle Trask. Really. <laughs> I mean, what do you care about on Friday night, Stephen? I, I mean, I, I agree with BLG. Bijan is interesting. If I don't know how much the Packers starters are going to play, but I'm curious to see Jordan Love just because mm. he's a guy that we just haven't gotten a big sample size of, and everybody coming out of Packers camp is kind of like raving about this young offense, and Jordan Love looks great, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, and the Packers are a really young, interesting team, so I'm just curious to see what they look like post Aaron Rodgers and how all that's going to work. But again, I don't know how much they're planning on playing Jordan Love in preseason week one. Who do you guys think Did- is the most likely team to finish last in the NFC North? Because I feel like there's no, I feel like people really disagree on this. Most likely to finish last? Yeah, in the NFC North. I mean, it's, it's not like who? I think the it's Packers. The, pa- the Packers or the Bears. Like I, mm. I like what the Bears did this offseason, but the Bears. I, I'm not <laughs> in the 
I, and I love Justin don't. Fields. I am not in the Justin Fields MVP race that's going on right now. I know that that has set the bar way too high for Justin Fields and that Bears offense. Uh, what's his name from um, Aaron Schatz, I believe, from Football Outsiders had a really good tweet regarding Justin Fields last week. I think I sent that to RJ and Stats. Um, the context here was like, uh, he said it was it was fascinating to him the hype he's getting in that regard because. Um, Historically, there have been there's been one quarterback since 1981 who was bad as Justin Fields for the first two years and then above average as a passer in his career in terms of, you know, football outsiders DVOA metric. So, yeah, the history is not strong. <laughs> that kind of bet. You're really betting on the exception. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. Packers, it's tough to know what to make of them because I think you have to give the coaching staff some level of credit, right? Don't you? Why? Um, I mean, so a I few mean, things. Like, a, a few things. They're going to go from this to like a total joke. So a few things. One, um, I don't believe Aaron is affiliated with Football Outsiders anymore. I think that was a development over the off season. Yeah, and pre- I, previously, I think, right? Well, you, you didn't like the way you said it. Like, made it sound like it was current. So it was just, you know, because he has the the almanac that's available mm-hmm. now um, that they're promoting, and we've obviously done work with them in the past. Um, so and DVOA is obviously highly valuable. Right. That's my fir- my first thing. My second thing was I do understand the like the logic in placing a bet on Justin Fields for MVP, given his like propensity to run. Like you know, so I'm fine with that. But I think it's hilarious that you would. The last thing you said right now, BLG, is like, oh, we're not going to give any credit to the coaching staff because the last coaching staff that had Aaron Rodgers got no credit when they were no yeah, longer. Yeah, but you love to give that guy credit. So then you have to give this coaching staff credit. I'm fine too, doing right? that, but but like that's the, a level of hypocrisy that exists. No, in that. That well, like we have to give Matt LaFleur the benefit at. of the doubt, even though he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. When it was, oh, well, Mike McCarthy was only successful because of Aaron Rodgers. Like that's yeah, dumb. That was me. the bit I was getting at. You're not calling me out on something like I wasn't aware of. <laughs> that's okay. You're embarrassed. Um, I don't, it, like my <laughs> lack of belief in the Packers has nothing to do with the coaching staff it's a, a, a like pure lack of belief in jordan love and like mm. okay like christian like christian watson was resuscitated last year in the second half of the season by aaron Rodgers. so like we think jordan love can do that i mean i don't know jordan love had a nice touchdown pass to him uh against the eagles last season i also feel like christian watson's talent deserves uh some recognition for his end of season run because rogers wasn't very good last year mm. christian watson was just breaking off long touchdowns every single week yeah i guess um i like I that question, what do you mean though. he was no i know I, I meant like on the packers in general like you know but, but like color me skeptical you know i'm just no like this is going to be an interesting season for the packers because like when do they bottom out like never you know what i mean like they, mm. they could truly like when have because i don't know that we reached a consensus that they're the most likely team to finish last in the nfc north but when has that ever been a consensus in any room ever in the world in the last 35 years other than yeah the only bad seasons they've had really are like rogers getting hurt right but that wouldn't have been a, a discussion point at the beginning of those right seasons. But i'm just you saying I mean? like, like they, right when's the last time they picked like high in the draft because i mean this past year they were at 13 um but like looking back, I mean, you have to go like pretty far back to find. I mean, they were twelve in twenty nineteen, but again, Rogers injury. Um, when's the last time they like a top ten pick? I'm looking all the way back uh, here. That wasn't traded for because they had the Saints pick right that one year. Um, they had but... number nine in two thousand nine. But yeah, was that a trade or? Point being, um, it's, it doesn't happen very often. And well, two thousand nine yeah, so... was was after the first Rogers year, and they I don't think they made the playoffs in two thousand eight. So mm-hmm. that tracks. I think... 
they they were kind of bad that year, right? Like Rodgers was really good, but the overall yeah. team was bad, and so they win mm-hmm. a lot of games. And then they started their like their run, and because that '09 year was the um that crazy Packers Cardinals playoff game, the Rodgers Kurt Warner duel or whatever, that was really funny. And then the next year mm-hmm. they won the Super Bowl. So, um, wow. Um, Where did they win I, that Super Bowl? <laughs> what was your question? Where did they win that Super Bowl? Uh, it was called Cowboy Stadium at the time. It's mm. called AT and T Stadium now. So I don't know. What, is that supposed to like? Is that supposed to be like a dig? No. How many Super Bowls have been played at the link? None, because it sucks. So I mean, oh, how many burn. Super Bowls have the Eagles uh, won recently? Okay, and how about in like forever in the history of the Earth? One. Oh, cool. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, the Chiefs have won more Super Bowls than that in the past. What was it, Stephen? Five years. One of them against that's, the Eagles. So that's true. Um, anyway, um. I'm already annoyed at the line stuff. Like uh, it's it's annoying me greatly. Like I, I this is the thing I'm most annoyed about is the Lions story. This, this why season. they're excited. I'm excited about the Lions. They're gonna what be if, fun. I'm not denying that they're gonna be fun, but like I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to zig when everybody's zagging. Like it's just so annoying to me. Like how like hyped up this is and and like people are so into the hype that they overlook things they would kill other teams for. Like the their draft. Like, if, you know what I mean? Like, if, if any other team had the, the like, you know, utilization of premier resources that they did, they would get dragged. People were like, oh, well, it's, it's okay. Like, the Lions are on the same trajectory as the Bills were, like, five years ago. It's like, oh, like, you know, a team we haven't cared about in a long time. Now we get to, like, see you more, so we're interested. And that shine is overpowering everything else. That's my take. It's uh, yeah, I, I get that. And I, I'm surprised that as many Lions fans are like opening themselves up for heartbreak this way, like, <laughs> because it's I, I'm actually good friends with someone who is from Michigan and grew up a Lions fan. And every year he's like, I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to allow myself to think they will ever be relevant ever and he is this season. And it seems like all Lions fans are on board with it, even though. Like last season, I, I felt like they were that team that everybody talked about. Like, oh, they're interesting and they're fun to watch, but they're not winning football games and they're not actually that good. They just can score points and they're and they're fun. But this season, there's expectation. They went out and they tried to overhaul their secondary. They've got a lot of young players on the defense, so they expect that to be better. And the offense is projected to be like a top five offense in the NFL. And they spent a really high draft pick on Jameer Gibbs. So Jameer Gibbs better be a superstar player. Like I'm all aboard. I, I am in on the lines. I'm in on Jared Goff. I think Jared mm. Goff is going to have a good year. I'm really excited for this football team. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hmm. I guess I think where I'm in agreement with RJ and the thing I'm worried about with the Lions and, and specifically the fan base kind of energy is just the notion that I think there's too much of like progress is linear, definitely approach that I feel like I'm getting from Lions. Like, so we did this next year and then we're going to take the next step next year. That's possible. That scenario exists, but it doesn't always work out like that. I think too many people are just like, well, it's, they're just definitely going to get better. I don't know. Like, that's not always how things go in the NFL. Sometimes you think a team's going to take everyone at this point thinks their team's going to take a step forward. And I think sometimes you're hit with a hard dose of reality. Jared Goff is in a weird spot, almost like where Jimmy G was with the 49ers, where it's like he's not the 10th, he's not a top 10 quarterback or whatever, but the 49ers are always going to have like a top 10 or top five, whatever kind of offense with him at the helm. I think Jared Goff is in that kind of position right now. But at the same time, it's like, are they like, what is their ceiling with Jared Goff? Like, how far can they really go? That offense can be good, but like, you know, you're talking about the playoffs and when these games really matter. And Goff was good in that Packers game at the end of the season that you know helped keep Green Bay out of the playoffs. But like, I don't know, man. It's just what is what is the ceiling with Jared Goff when he went? Okay, yes, you went the the Rams went to a Super Bowl with him. He was bad in those playoffs. Do you remember his numbers from that play, the playoff uh, run? Like they were not good. He was not driving that. He well, was he, like he had an okay title game, the Saints pass interference game. He was he, he had one touchdown in that entire playoff run. One, one touchdown pass, two interceptions, and a passer rating of seventy one point seven. Like they, okay, they, they beat the Cowboys, the Saints, and then lost. Right? They, is that correct? In the Super Bowl. Uh, well, it, it looked like you had it um, in front of you. That's what I'm saying. What do you mean? You're saying for it, that entire run? Yeah, that that Rams that Rams ran in 2018 in the playoffs. Yeah, they lost to the Patriots. I'm in, sorry, I'm sorry. They beat the they beat the Cowboys and the Saints, right on the way there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. and then they literally put up the lowest scoring output in Super Bowl <laughs> history ever. It's the worst Super Bowl of all time. It's the worst um, Super Bowl I've ever watched. Um, so like again, like they're cute and they're fun. I, I'm with you on the golf doubt, and they're like, but again, like I feel like all of the evaluation and analysis of them is like with the benefit of the doubt right like you know like that's kind of my biggest gripe here like they and they have this like fun energy that people want to like i bring up the bills like remember when um when like the andy dalton beat the ravens thing and the bills sneak like that whole energy like that bills locker room celebration that's what people are with the lions and they think like now everyone thinks it's cool and hip and vogue to like jump onto the lions bandwagon i'm not saying they'll they'll suck we all agree, right? Like the consensus here is that the three best teams in the NFC are the whatever order you want to put them in, Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, right? Like that's very obviously something we agree on strongly. Who is the fourth team in your mind? Like who's the fourth best team in the NFC after that? I like Seattle. I think Seattle's going to make – I do you. think they're going to make a leap. 
Is your answer the Lions or somebody else, Stephen? I think it's Seattle too. Um, I, I think Seattle has more talent, like top to bottom. But I think the Lions are going to be in the playoff mix. Like I, I think they're right sure. there. And and like I just mentioned, like I'm not in on. I like what the Bears did. I think the Bears are going to be better, but their defense still isn't going to be good. Like their offense should be better this season, but. I'm not all of a sudden thinking that the Bears are going to take this massive jump and like and be like a, a top three seed in the playoffs or anything. I would rather take the Lions to win that division over Chicago. So if we go off of odds, our friends at DraftKings, so they have like if you kind of look at it this way, like odds to win the NFC uh, in order, it's Eagles, Niners, Cowboys. So again, kind of consensus, the three best teams, the fourth, the team with the fourth highest odds to win the NFC are the Detroit Lions. The Seahawks aren't even fifth. The Saints are. Um, so you know, that's interesting. Um, I know you loved last year, Brandon, when Peter King picked the Saints to win the NFC. Uh, that was but, uh... So, like, come on. I mean, like, look, I, you know, Peter King, I think, gets you know a lot right, and obviously, but like that, that was just insane. That's insane. It really, it's an insane prediction, it really was. But so, again, like, that is a huge that's, that's a generous like belief in the lines. It's well, and like the Saints, it's just because of their division, is right? Like garbage, like, they're. They're probably talent-wise the best team in that division because you don't really know what you're getting in all of the other teams. But I have faith in the Lions. Like I have more faith in the Lions than the Vikings this season. I would I would argue that. So Mm. odds to win the NFC North, and we're obviously having this conversation on Friday, August the 11th. The Lions plus 140. The Vikings plus 275. I understand. I'm not here to have this fight again. The one possession victories. The point differential last year, the all this stuff, the like roster getting worse, like they're just did, who did getting they rid like, of. I don't feel as players. passionately about that as most people. Like they, they got they, rid of like their best pass rushers, right? They traded like, to Darius Smith. They kept yeah. Neil Hunter, and yeah, okay. and then they cut Dalvin Cook, who the Jets can't lock down, right? Like so, that's those are the headlines. But so my point is like that's Eric Kendrick's also gone, right? Sure. Okay. Cool. Like none of these are like you know. <laughs> cataclysmic sort of things to me but so like this is that is that that disparity is is either disrespectful to the vikings or way too optimistic about the lions like the the lions are not that much better than the vikings that's my stance i think they are it's the the vikings are like kirk cousins somehow at this point in his career is underrated i think just for how good he actually has been for the last few years like he's he's a consistent 30 touchdown a year thrower, like solid NFL quarterback, still struggles in big moments and does all that stuff, but wins football games. And Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in football. I like Jordan Addison. TJ Hawkinson's a nice player. I don't trust Alexander Madison at all. Like, I I don't understand how the Vikings got better in any way. Mm. And they're a team that was already set up for regression because of all of those one score wins, which is something you're just not going to repeat year over year in the NFL. Does anybody know how many times Jared Goff has eclipsed 30 touchdowns in a single season? Not that this once, is maybe. The, your guess is once. What's your guess, Brandon? Twice. It's once. It was that 2018 season. Um, okay. Uh, he had 32. So, I mean, that also Me. had the thrilling, what, like 1 million to 998,000 uh, score game between them and the Chiefs. Can you name a player on the Vikings defense that is not Harrison Smith or Daniel Hunter? Wait. Um, not Harrison Smith or yeah. Daniel Hunter. So well, they have uh, Byron Murphy Jr. Okay. Lewis Dean. Lewis Dean is not even like. I'm looking at their depth chart here on our lads, and 
I, and I've heard about, about this too, coming out of like training camp, like Lewis Dean and Andrew Booth, who were like, what, the Vikings top two picks from last year? They're not yeah. even like getting the first team reps. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not looking good for them. That was another one, like we talked about on the mixtape this week about N'Kobe Dean, when Lewis Dean fell, everybody was like, oh man, how'd he fall? And it's like, well, you know, maybe this was why. You know what I mean? Like, um, so to speak. But, well, there's regression coming from them in a positive sense on defense, and Brian Flores has to help. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're, like we're willing to give all the like optimistic, you know, spins to the Lions on all these things, but none to the Vikings. Like we only give the Vikings the negative ones. So. Well, I will say, Jalen Rager did have four catches for 55 yards last night, baby. So <laughs> you know, it's the break. The breakout's coming. He can elevate the fifth round pick that the Vikings owe to the Eagles to a fourth round pick if he hits a certain benchmark. So, or maybe it's a sixth to a fifth. I forget. Either way, um, Jalen Rager breakout definitely happening um the lions thing i know we don't have a ton of time left but the lions thing was my like thing that i am most annoyed about or believe in the least that the like world the national consensus does do either of you have something that like people are saying that you're like that's dumb and stupid and i hate it i mean i've already gone over the fields thing in the past i don't need to like, okay so that, that the fields thing is your thing maybe steven yours is that chris jones is gonna play for the chiefs oh yeah we should even talk, though, talk about even though chris jones, jones kind of agrees with that we, we we can we can talk about that and i obviously have a lot of thoughts on that but to go to RJ's question, if for me, it's really the Giants in this mm. all of a sudden belief in Daniel Jones. Like, mm. I understand this is the best team he's probably had around him, and he seems like he's got a good coaching staff in place now. But I think it's getting out of control with Daniel Jones. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, they they finally got a, a pass rush and a defense, and their offensive line's good, and they got weapons around Daniel Jones. They've got 75 slot-wide receivers on, on that roster. And all of a sudden, we're just going to assume that Daniel Jones and his decision-making is better than it's ever been in his career, and he's not. And I understand he didn't turn the ball over as much last season because Brian Dable was putting him in better situations. But, like, I have no faith in Daniel Jones winning 12 games or something like that for the Giants this season. Just absolutely no faith in that. I got to be honest. I haven't seen a lot of optimism. I mean, like, I don't know that I'm not saying you're, it's a straw man argument, but like, I haven't seen that. If if that exists, great. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm happy that 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 is out there in the ether. I think it exists, you know, coming off the contract I've seen and, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's from big blue view. So I'm sure, you know, I don't, I don't know. Not that I'm saying, Ed can't be unbiased, but I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a favorable slant to looking at, you know, how the quarterback is playing in the team's training camp that you cover. Um, I think, you know, the Vikings and Giants are in a similar boat, kind of, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, this one score game stuff, regression, whatnot. Uh, and you might also be able to say they're in a similar boat to the Lions. And what I just said that there's just an assumption that like, okay, year two of Ryan Dable. So it's definitely going to be better of year one. Again, it doesn't necessarily work like that. That's not how progress always goes. Um, there's still some questions as we talked about in the NFC's mixtape with the Giants offensive line and Evan Neal, who's been missing time in training camp with a concussion. And he was really bad in year one. I think he can make a year, year two leap, but it's like, there's a big leap of faith to, to believe in that. So um, yeah. And, and also look like, I was looking at the 53-man projection that Ed Valentine has up in Big Blue View. And when we talk about these Giants wide receivers, like, it's just so bleh. Like, it's, there's so many just, like, these are the names that Ed has keeping. Isaiah Hodgins, who I like. But, like, if that's your top guy, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, 
Wandale Robinson's currently on the pup list. We'll see what happens with him. Sterling Shepard, who's been hurt a billion times, and Cole Beasley. Like, is that striking fear into the hearts of anyone? I think Jalen Hyatt could be really potentially a difference maker, but everyone else, like, what is that? What are you working with there? It's they kind of took the similar offseason approach to the Chiefs, where it's like just get as many bodies in this wide receiver room as possible. But the Chiefs at least have like variations and and body type and play style in their wide receiver room, and the Giants were just like slot wide receivers. That's all we want. Like, and, well, not and we'll to mention a quarterback who can elevate them, like demon, like demonstrably so. Um, on the subject of the Chiefs, because we don't have a ton of time left, Stephen, tell us how you um, single handedly uh, threw a grenade into Chiefs Kingdom on Friday morning. <laughs> Uh, It wasn't my intention. I was just kind of going through the normal Friday morning routine where uh, we have a podcast on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network called Show and BK. We record it on Thursday nights, release it Friday morning. I released a clip of us talking about Chris Jones where Brandon Kiley, one of the hosts, says at the start of the clip, there is a 0% chance that Chris Jones, chief superstar pass rusher, misses any games this season. And if you haven't been paying attention to what's going on with the Chiefs, Chris Jones is holding out in training camp right now. He is, as of today, up to $850,000 in fines from refusing to show up to training camp. He's headed into the last year of his deal. He wants to get paid like Aaron Donald. He wants to get paid like... And, and he deserves to get paid. I, I, I want to make that clear. But... So we put that video clip out. Chris Jones responds to it. And, you know, we're saying there's no there's no chance he's going to miss games. And Chris Jones response uh, was, you're just hoping I don't on Twitter. And so now it's it's turned into this conversation on Friday morning where, you know, we're, we're waiting to see if he reports. And now Chris Jones is like hinting on Twitter that he might hold out games in the regular season, which. I still think he's just messing with people. Like, I think that's what Twitter is for, especially when you're a famous athlete, like just, just screw with people. That's great. I like that stuff. <laughs> I don't think that we should actually take anything from his response to our tweet this morning. Um, I mean, he has to, he has to maintain that position. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if he doesn't fully mean it, he has to like <laughs> maintain that stance. I'm looking here, by the way, most uh, sacks since 2020 out of this doesn't seem right to me. Sasan Reich's not listed here. Uh, it's on Stat News. <laughs> but for defensive tackles, well, I mean, their thing, the search must be broken because I, Stat, Miles, Stat News is wrong sometimes too. Yeah, Miles Garrett is showing up. He's not a defensive tackle. Uh, same thing with Jerry Henderson. Anyway, 32 sacks we're talking about since 2020 for Chris Jones. And prior to the show, uh, I had asked Stephen here. I was like, "Where does Chris Jones rank annually in terms of interior defensive line contracts?" And he's ninth. That's crazy. It's kind of crazy that he ranks in that. And you know, look, you know, Aaron Donald's way ahead of the market here at thirty-one point seven million dollars. The next closest player is the Quentin Williams contract coming in at twenty-four. Um, but it feels like, I mean, Chris Jones has a fair gripe when he's at twenty, and there are eight players ahead of him. Uh, so it certainly seems like the Chiefs need to do something, but. In terms of the ultimate leverage, I think the Chiefs have that. Like Chris Jones is not gonna not show up this year and just leave twenty million dollars on the table. Yeah, you mentioned it really well in the clip that started it all, Stephen. Um, but I mean, I get it. Like Chris Jones's job right now is to like 
stir the pot, you know, mm-hmm. and, and y'all do a great job at Arrowhead Pride. And so like, it makes sense, but um, this is like, this, this was predictable when it all started. It's, I mean, I don't mean to make this about the Cowboys, but it's like, it's like with Zach Martin, <laughs> who's do. holding, well, it's like, well, Zach Martin's <laughs> holding out. Right. And so like when the fines reached 50 or $500,000, cause like Chris Jones, he's getting fined $50,000, you know, a day. I, like I like that day, there were all these sort of like the Cowboys have fined Zach Martin five hundred thousand dollars. It's like, well, yeah, because it's fifty a day and it's been ten days. Like this is just the way. It, like, welcome to math. You know what I mean? Like, and so like it's just like a a way to generate more attention about it. And Chris Jones is taking matters into his own hands here. Um, where does he rank for you? Like on the hierarchy of like players' importance level to the Chiefs? Like Mahomes is one. Yeah. Who's two? Where does Chris Jones rank? He's number three, and he's far and away the most important defensive player that they have. Like it's so Mahomes, Mahomes, it's, Kelsey, Jones. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like it, he's he's that important, and like why? I don't think he's going to miss games this season. He's under contract through the twenty twenty three season, so I think he is going to play. Mm-hmm. I think they should extend him. It, it's just it, it comes down to the price tag, and he wants to get paid more than the Chiefs are willing to offer him. And I think. He was, I think the Chiefs have made an initial offer, which I'm going to assume was probably like 26, 27 with, you know, maybe they could get out after a year or two and he's looking for either more years or a higher guarantee. And he wants to get closer to $30 million a season. Now we'll see if that happens. I think they should do it. And, but the Chiefs have gone away from that in the last couple of years and they've really tried to make the roster younger uh, around Patrick Mahomes and they've done a good job of it, at least in the last two draft classes. So, Maybe they do move on from him, but there's also kind of always been this like weird underlying relationship with Chris Jones and the Chiefs. Like his last contract negotiation was bad and he was like openly upset about it um, it, on social media and everything kind of like he's doing now. But I think it was worse last time because he was he was a second round pick really not making any money and he was and they were getting a huge return on him at the time. And then like. The Chiefs have won two Super Bowls and both times at Super Bowl parades, they didn't let Chris Jones talk. Like <laughs> it was the first time was a head first of, world problem. Like the, the first time it was ahead of his contract negotiation offseason. So I kind of understood that. And then the last time, which I guess, I guess again, headed into uh, another contract situation, they tried not to let him talk again. And this time Mahomes stepped in and took the mic and was like, let him talk. And so they let, he wound up talking for a few minutes, but it seemed like all the chiefs personnel on the stage were annoyed and upset that they, that Mahomes did that. Like they've got a weird relationship uh, organizationally with Chris Jones. I think. I found out those sack numbers, by the way, at least just total sacks since 2020, Chris Jones is one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. And then that's one ahead of Aaron Donald. He's one more sack since 2020. So, I mean, again, Kind of a fair case here to be made that he deserves more. I think he'll show up. Just my last take on this, um, and because he's not dumb, and I think Chris Jones knows if the Chiefs win another Super Bowl, I think we all think that's really likely. Um, that Chris Jones is like a borderline Hall of Famer right now. You know what I mean? And if you're part of that group, like because the, the group at that point is of the three, you know, if it were to be three, it would be him, Mahomes, and Kelsey, right? Beside, like as far as players, like that's a powerful thing on your career resume, and there's a lot of like future generational wealth that is associated with something like that. And so, um, I, I mean, I, I think he'd be foolish to walk away, but I mean, I, it makes sense that he's trying to you know, make a point here. So, um, we have to leave the inaugural episode of TJ football. So as we do, Steven, you're going to tell us, um, your favorite song by fallout Boy and why it's your favorite. 
I don't I don't know any songs by uh, <laughs> That's the, impossible. That's Sugar I, We're Going Down Swinging is the only one I can say at the top of my head. I don't know any other follow It's just called Sugar We're Going Down. okay, whatever. Wow. Brandon what's yours? It's for the murmurs. Uh, uh, mine is Nobody Puts Baby in the Corner uh, because I really like it, but I had never seen Dirty Dancing when I first heard that song. And like I saw the movie like maybe like six or seven years later. And when he said it, I was like, that's the song. I was like, that's they, st- they stole that from Fall Out Boy. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good note to end on. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.